Hey family, welcome to All Things Mommy podcast. On this episode of All Things Mommy, we are going to be talking about co-parenting. Today I have a special guest with me. She's my sister. My sister Nisha is here and I'm going to be interviewing her, asking her some questions about co-parenting and I hope that you guys all enjoy the conversation. Let's get started. Nisha. Okay. So some of the people who listen to my podcast, um, they may not know much about you. So just tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Denim's mom. (laughs) Yes, my nephew Denim. And how old is Denim? Denim is 17. I got a 17-year-old. So she has 17 years of experience with being a mom. So I'm pretty sure she has some valuable information to offer to the listeners. So I'm just going to jump right in. And like I stated before, she has no idea what questions I'm going to have for her. So all of this is candid. So bear with us. So Nisha, tell me, how do you define co-parenting? Um, co-parenting, the way I define co-parenting, I would say um, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about co-parenting is ego aside, child first. Okay, so ego aside, child first. Being a mom of a 17-year-old, I'm pretty sure there was some highs and some lows in the parenting journey. So when you first became a mom, did you think that being a mom would lead you to having to co-parent? Or what was your ideal vision for parenting as a mom? Heck no, I did not think I was going to be that mom. And now I am that mom. And I'm owning it and I'm living in it. You know, I was that mother that I, well, in our family, um, getting pregnant at 22, going on 23, that's young for us. I know to the outside world, that's almost like, oh, that's not young, that's just right. But that was young for us. So being afraid to tell mama I was pregnant at 22 (laughs) was like a big deal to me. And you know, um, it was hard for me to uh, come to grips with co-parenting. So I worked on my relationship with his, I, you know, I stayed a little bit longer than I should have stayed only because I had it in my mind. I am not going to be a statistic. I'm not going to be like the rest of those girls. Right. You know, I'm in love. He's in love. We were supposed, this is a love child. And I thought that that would be the only way I would be able to have a healthy relationship and raise a child right is being in the same household. I uh, matured and learned that that wasn't my only option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can relate to that. I mean, when you first meet a person, you never think that um, when you have a kid with them, that you guys would be living in separate households. Or you never even think about how different your parenting style is. Sometimes you can be in the same household and still have very different and unique parenting styles. Mm-hmm. So that also can put you in a dynamic with co-parenting, right? So the way that I parent may be different from the way that, like, my child's father may parent, even if we're in separate households or if we're in the same household, we might have to navigate some of those challenges. So tell me a little bit about your parenting style. What's your parenting style versus your son's dad parenting style? Focus on yours first. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, I would say I would do my parenting style as a, intimate and I would say that my parenting style is very um, hands-on and stability and consistency is my 
my goal in my household when I think about parenting my son. Like, as long as he has stability and he has consistency. So, um, that's my parenting style. So, pretty much no eating in your room. Everybody eats at the same table. We go over highlights and lowlights of the day. And, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm very involved in... <laughs> Having a teenage son and being hands-on about everything in his life could be overbearing, but um, me knowing that how much freedom I had as a as a teenager at his age with living in a single household, I kind of sort of wish my mom was a little bit more in my business, even though, you know, I think I was a good girl and I did the right things without my mom even being in my business, but I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, what? How does Denim respond to your parents' parenting style? Because I know you said like consistency, but also like when he is in trouble or when you have to discipline, oh, or like when it comes to that, how would you define parenting as it, as it relates to providing that structure in your household? Well. <clears throat> When Denim was younger, I um, had a conversation with him about the come tell me first rule. I don't care what it is. If you come tell me first, I don't care if you did something horrible. If you come tell me first, no matter what, you're never going to be in trouble. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about, you know, you holding yourself accountable. And we're going to talk about how you could have did things better, but you're not going to be in trouble. You won't get yelled at. You won't get, you know, you won't get punished for being honest with me. And that's the only way that you're not going to be in trouble. But if I have to hear about it from someone else, you're going to get all those things. (laughs) I love it. I love the open communication. That's what I hear. I I hear that you created a safe place in your household where if he is honest and open with you, then you're there to listen and provide the structure or their suggestions or whatever he may be needing in the moment. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. How does your parenting style differ from his father's parenting style? Um, <clears throat> like I said, um, mine's is consistency and structure. Um, Denim has a great relationship with his dad. And his parenting style is totally different from mine. <laughs> um, I-, I consider myself fun, but I feel like he's the fun parent. He's easygoing. Mm-hmm. He's, um, it doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be planned. He's, let's go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. Like that type of situation. So, you know, they'll bake Oreos or they'll cook Oreos from scratch. I know they did that before when he was in, um, they'll cook Oreos from scratch and eat, uh, we call it Chick-fil-A every day. <laughs> yeah, so he likes to have fun with dinner. Yeah, yeah. So, so what about the discipline portion? How does he discipline versus yours? Because you're more open with communicating. How does Denim's dad discipline? Surprisingly, um, although I'm open in, with communication and, and Denim can come to me and talk to me about stuff, I feel like I'm more of... Dwight thinks I'm a softie for that. He thinks that, oh... You need to stick it to him. You you know you you let him get away with it, and him not understanding like, okay, he told me so. I'm sticking to, I am sticking to it, and it might not be the way we were raised or how we were used to, but you think I'm not sticking to it? If he was open and honest with me about something, 
No, he's not. I'm not taking his phone. I'm not doing anything. We're we're having a conversation. Yeah. So you're you're more of a conversationalist, whereas uh, Jenna's dad is more of it sounds like tough love. He I, wants to take away privileges, or but he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want to give the tough love. Mm. He wants to be the uh, calm down because you know I can get the screaming, and that's something I learned from my childhood, yelling, I'm working on that, but raising my voice when I'm frustrated or mad about something when he's not being open and honest. Um, uh, Denim Dad is more of the negotiator, okay? Mm. What what can we do from this? But as far as discipline, he wants me to discipline Denim, but he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he wanted me to shoulder that Denim Kalina. <laughs> well, your mom said, so it's out of my hands, type of knowing he came up with the idea. <laughs> got it, got it. And I think that has a lot to do with um, Denim not living with him. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when... And, and it took me a long time to understand that because at, at one time I'm just like, oh, are you, are, you know, like, <clears throat> I don't feel like we're on the same page. But I had to evaluate his parenting style and see where I lack he picks up and where um, I, you know, where he lacks I pick up and I had to like marry the two. And at the same time, because our parenting style is so different, I never thought about marrying the two. I, I thought about, you know, the way I'm doing things is structured. The way you're doing things is inconsistent. So I had a lot of negative um, insight on how he did things. But when I opened up my eyes and, and said, okay, well, you know, I noticed that when I'm calling him about denim and I'm worried about something, I'm venting to him and not wanting to vent to denim about it because I don't want denim to have that stress or anything. So I'm venting um, to denim's dad. And he he's able to say, okay, it's, it happened, it's done. Now going forward, what can we do to fix it? Mm-hmm. And I want to dwell on the issue. Like, but you ain't understanding what I'm saying and you just want to get past it. And he's like, nah, I hear you. So I... I realize that that's helpful to me. So when mm-hmm. I do approach Denim, I'm in a calmer state and mm-hmm. I have a plan and he does have my back. For a long time, I didn't realize that he he had my back. I thought he was just, you know, if I say left, he say right and we ain't never on the same page. Yeah, and that's great. It's great to be a partner in parenting um, when it comes to having each other's back because we know kids can be very manipulative and they can figure out exactly who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, who to go to. So when parents are on the same page, it <clears throat> makes things a lot easier. Yes. Um, tell me about the evolution. Um, Cause I know you said at one point you felt like um, Denim's dad didn't have your back, but he was just seeing things from a different perspective. Right. But in your mind, you felt like he wasn't seeing things eye to eye with you and you also felt like he wasn't providing as much structure you had to be like the disciplinary and it was kind of frustrating but tell me how did you get to that space where you guys are now in terms of healthy co-parenting um where we're at now is I stopped trying to get to push my parenting ways and views on him and I started looking at okay what can I take from him even though you know I don't like the way he's doing things what can I take from him? Because when your child becomes a teenager and you're the mom and and all you're doing is telling them what they need to do, what they can't do, they stop hearing you. Mm-hmm. And that male structure, and I have a boy, so just hearing his dad say, okay, you know, and talking to him calmly and my son coming to me and apologizing 
for doing things or not doing things. And I'm like, where did that come from? I know that it didn't come from me. Me realizing it came from him having a conversation with his father. A light bulb went off in my head like, okay, his dad can say the same thing I'm saying in a better way that will get to him to where he understands and it gets us all back on the same page. And when I realized that that was a win, forget about how he's not doing things the way the way I do it. That's when you drop the ego mm. and, and you say, you know, because, you know, as as a mom and if your child's living with you, you feel like you do everything. You feel like you do all the footwork. Mm. You like, oh, his dad just shows up when everything's done. Mm. But behind the scenes, no, his dad has a role as well. So respecting that role. Mm-hmm. I, I love how you say, like, I stopped trying to push my way of doing things onto him, meaning onto Denim's dad. Like, that is so important. We, just as human beings, we often try to gain understanding by allowing people to see the things that, from our, our lens, right, from mm-hmm. our experiences. And sometimes we push our beliefs, we push our way of doing things onto people and that really takes away from the uniqueness of that particular parent's style of parenting Mm -hmm. like let that person be who they are because who they are may be helpful to your child in that moment and Mm -hmm. each approach might have some benefits to it so I love how you just kind of was able to like self-evaluate okay I need to fall back in this area in order for Denim and his dad to have their own special, unique relationship. Mm -hmm. And I can't be pushing my own style onto him. Um, I love that. And I love how you said, like, kids, at one point, they just stop listening to you. If you continue to drill in them, what you doing, how you doing, you know, continue to, like, pressure them, right? Mm -hmm. They need that space to be able to come to you when they're ready. Awesome. So (laughs) evolution of co-parenting. So how do you feel, like, if you could give, like, three tips, and I know none of us is perfect when it comes to parenting or co-parenting, but you have grown in your co-parenting relationship with your your son's father. Um, So if you're, if someone out, like, out there is struggling, Mm -hmm. and let's say the other parent just doesn't want to co-parent, what would be a tip for that? Um, A tip for that is um, prayer. (laughs) Lead with prayer. Like, you have to pray on it. Nothing happens overnight. And um, I don't care if that person, that other parent is showing you nothing but bad. There has to be some good in that person that you saw to even want to procreate with that person. And knowing that you saw good in that other person, knowing that your child is essentially you, a a you outside of your body. Mm And it takes two. It takes a mother and a father to parent to have a child. So if you know that your child is you outside of your body, you got to know that your child is also the father outside of their body. So knowing that you're not perfect, but knowing that your, your child can take some good from you and good from another individual as the father, you knowing like, yo, if my son takes good from his, the, all the good that his father possesses and all the good that I possess, we got a great human being outside of our body. Mm. So just being able to realize that the child is first and mm-hmm. prayer is the key to sort of coping with maybe the fact that the other parent doesn't want to co-parent or the other parent isn't at that level of maturity yet to even have that sort of relationship with with you where they can co-parent, right? 
Um, so praying about that can kind of help keep you in a good mental space and keep you grounded. And then also looking at your child as like a blessing and looking at your child's DNA is from both sides. Mm -hmm. So what you see in that kid um, is a reflection of you and also a reflection of the father. Right. Is that right? Yes. All right. What about if the other parent is trying to co-parent with you, but y'all emotions and feelings are getting in the way? Like... People have those type of relationships where that's the ego. Mm -hmm. That's the part. That's the part. And and that's a part that a lot of people don't realize until it's too late, Um, until the child is an adult. And then the child expresses to you what they really feel about you. Now, don't get me wrong. Like every child on this earth is going to grow up to be an adult and is going to tell their mother and father what they felt like they missed in their childhood or what they didn't do right. That either can be a welcoming conversation or that can be in a conversation where it causes tension. I am so ready and open for that conversation with my son when he becomes an adult and tell me what I didn't do right. Because I know if he recognized what he felt like he missed in his childhood for me, I know that when he has kids, he's going to make sure that he has everything that he didn't have from me. And it, and and. Just knowing that alone makes the generation get better and better and better. And I, I want that. I want the gen, I want my son's kids to have a better childhood than him. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, as long as it's getting better and it's not getting worse or staying stagnant. So putting your emotions to the side and just thinking about how your, your, um, how you're impacting your child. Right. How you and the other parent is impacting your child's emotional well-being. So kids watch by what you what they see, not what you say. Yes. So if they see that you're don't have good conflict resolution skills because you and the dad is always arguing, mm-hmm. then more than likely they're going to be that child that's like well, you didn't even get along with my dad or you couldn't even communicate. They're mm-hmm. going to try... They're going to hold some resentment. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's just important to put your emotions to the side and think about the emotional well-being of the child if you want to have a healthy co-parenting relationship. In some relationships, you can't... Would you say that some co-parenting relationship just doesn't work? It, some co-parenting relationships don't work because there's either too big of an ego or there's, there's a lack of... Um, um, putting the child first. Some mm-hmm. some co-parenting, that's all they know. So they feel like it's either, they're missing something. Mm-hmm. And when you are missing something in your own life, you feel like, you know, this is the one thing that I'm going to hold on to where I feel like I can control. Mm-hmm. And I used to be that way. I used to be like, you know, I can give my son everything. And then I had to have a hard talk with myself. Like, you know what? I can give my son everything, but his father I can't make that happen. I can do whatever I can. So once I start focusing on my son and putting him in just first and not focusing on what the other parent's not doing or doing, mm-hmm. things fall in, fall, fell in place for me. Now, I'm not going to say that's going to be that situation for everybody. But I what I do know is everyone wants to be a part of something great. Mm. So, like, and I look and, and I had to come to the realization, like, you look at... LeBron James and a lot of people that's great and they had single moms as soon as they make it for example Jay-Z as soon as they make it to where they need to be or where they wanted to be where they dreamed they were going to be here come the father but those two men 
were looking for to have that closure in that relationship. Something was always missing. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, their father wasn't there for them, they were still being able to put their ego to the side and have a conversation with their fathers to try to have somewhat of a relationship for closure for themselves and for their kids. Mm. And I feel like, you know, uh, having both parents is, is, is a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with that. I definitely 100% agree with that. Having both parents, it can create a solid foundation for the child if both parents are mentally healthy. Um, in certain situations, you know, if a parent is experiencing some kind of mental illness mm-hmm. or you know domestic violence issues it might be a little toxic to have both parents in the household right. but if both are healthy it should be uh, a stable foundation for the child but it, i love how you said i'm gonna get back i love how you said putting the focus on the kid mm-hmm. put your ego to a side put your pride to the side and put the focus on the kid Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say. Um, I think I forgot what I was gonna. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, like, with with fathers and and with mothers and with, with us not getting. I'm freestyling right now. I forgot what I was gonna say. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but I, I mean, the key points of what you're saying make sense. If you want to have a healthy co-parenting relationship, a you must put your ego to the side. B, you must stop projecting your own parenting style onto the other parent and make it um, exception for that parent to have their own unique style. And then focus on the child. You remember what you're going to say? Yes. When you focus on the child, you kind of forget about what they don't have and you focus on the child. All you can do is give your child the best. And sometimes, you know, when you, like you said, when you have uh, another parent that's not mentally ready, don't you know that that's, that's not only God intervening, but that's a, a, that's great because if that child, if that parent's not ready, why would you want to have that parent involved in spewing out toxicity Mm. and all type of stuff around your child? Absolutely. You, you, You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So sometimes it, it it's better if you if you know if that parent you shouldn't have to force anyone to want to be there for your child. Mm-hmm. Eventually they'll come around and they'll know. Okay, this is what I got to do. What do I have to do? You're a great mom, and how do I get involved to add to that? But if they're not adding to it and they're just taking away from it, and you have to force them, then guess what? That 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 parent. You don't don't need to focus on them. If they're not around, it's for the betterment of your child. Not because you didn't want them around. Not because um, they don't need to be around. It's because where they're at in their life right now, mentally, they don't know how to be around. And would you want something like that around your child? Right. I 100% agree with you. I, I think everything in life happens for a reason, right? Yeah, even, even with procreation, right? God, you never know what God has put in you. So it's your responsibility when you decide to bring a child into this world is to really trust God and trust the process Mm -hmm. and ask for wisdom and ask God to help you cultivate the gift that that he's given you. And the gift is your child. Mm -hmm. And so God would always equip equip you for the assignment. And so if he assigned that child to you, it's because there's something great that he has in store for that child. And maybe the part of that assignment is for that child to teach you something about yourself. Mm. 
and so that you can become a better parent, but most importantly, a better person. On my journey as a parent, that's what I've learned. I've learned that my child is here to teach me how to be a better person, how to be a better human. And that assignment is just such a beautiful thing because as she grows, I grow. And that's just an amazing experience. And with co-parenting, it can be healthy if two people are willing to make it work. And like you said, Nisha, you can't force something. It's like forcing a key in the wrong door. It's not going to go. Eventually, the key is going to break. And you don't want to break your spirit or your kids' spirits by forcing relationships that are not meant to be. Well said. So as we wrap up today, (laughs) thank you all for listening to this episode of All Things Mommy Podcast. We are here talking about co-parenting. If you have any tips or advice on co-parenting, please, 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 please leave a comment. Let us know. Um, As we continue to grow as human beings, we're growing every day and we're just challenging ourselves to be better people, better parents, better siblings better friends and this podcast is all about being authentic and real and creating a safe and non-judgmental space any last minute comments niche no i love this conversation keep it going thank you have a great day